Secrets can be good or secrets can be bad. Today we'll look at two secrets and see what they tell us about God's character and God's plan for the world. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. As we continue to read the Bible, we discover that God is the greatest storyteller. As we've said, God himself, by his spirit, perfectly forms the words of the Bible through its human writers in a way where the human writer freely writes exactly what God intends. We call this the inspiration of the Bible, or perhaps more literally, the God-breathed quality of the Bible. It's a special book, but not only has it been breathed out by God, the story itself is inspired. And now I mean something in a more modern sense. Maybe you've heard someone say about an amazing play or performance, they might say, that was an inspired performance. Well, when people say something like this, it's complimentary because of the impressiveness of the performance or the intricacy of the perfectly timed and executed plot. And we can say this about the Bible, too. Sometimes, something occurs in it that is just sublime and perfect. And in this episode, I hope to illustrate the inspired nature of the Bible story as we look at two stories of two secrets that contrast each other in amazing ways. Last episode, we discussed the entrance into the land by the new generation of Israelites. God was with them, and by his power they were going to drive out and conquer the people who were dwelling in the land that was promised to Abraham. However, they also entered the land with the knowledge that they would eventually disobey God and be cast out of the land. Remember, Moses said this to the nation just before he died. Well, soon after they enter the land, the disobedience starts. Which really shouldn't surprise us, right? I mean, remember their parents in the wilderness who complained and grumbled to God despite all the amazing ways that he provided? Not only that, but remember the corruption that all humans have after the sin in the garden? Bad parental examples, coupled with personally corrupt nature, doesn't spell obedience. Two wrongs don't make a right after all. So let's pick up where we left off. After walking around the city of Jericho for six days, the Israelites walked around the city more times on the seventh day, blew the trumpets, gave a hearty yell as God commanded, and the walls of Jericho came tumbling down, as one children's song puts it. And after this point, the Israelites conquer the city who resisted them, except for one particular woman's family, which we'll get to a bit later in this episode. Anyway, as part of conquering the city, the Israelites were commanded by God to destroy literally everything in the city except for the silver, gold, bronze, and iron. These valuable materials were to go into a special treasury and not kept by any of the Israelites. So the Israelites are obedient to God. Well, they're 99.9% obedient to God, which is fine, right? I mean, 99.9% is 100% if we round up. Well, sadly, one of the Israelite men secretly disobeys God's commands concerning the conquering of the city. As a result, the Bible says that the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Let's see what happens when Israel attempts to conquer the next city after Jericho. It says this in the book of Joshua, chapter 7. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near beth east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Don't make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men went up from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about thirty-six of their men, and chased them out before the gate, as far as Shabirim, 
and struck them at the descent, and the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Now you'd think that 3,000 people could beat a measly little town of two or 300, but when God is angry with his people, those 3,000 Israelites might as well have gone up against 100,000. God would not allow them victory in the midst of their disobedience. And Joshua is distraught because he doesn't understand why Israel is losing. He even appeals to God's reputation and says that God's reputation is on the line when Israel's losing battles like the one at Ai. But listen to God's response. The Lord said to Joshua, Get up, why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Now the next day, Israel does something that God commands in order to find the secret disobedient man. They do something like a series of ancient coin flips called taking lots to narrow down seemingly by chance who it is that sinned against the Lord. You can imagine the disobedient man begin to sweat as first his tribe is selected and then his clan and then his household and finally he hears his name called. And immediately upon being found out he admits to the disobedience. He says, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. And later we read, And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned with fire and stoned them with stones, and they raised over him a great heap of stones that remained this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger. The secret sin brought destruction not only on the man, but on his family and property as well. Not him, nor his property, nor his sons and daughters survived the consequences of his sin. As God's law said to the Israelites on many occasions, they obeyed. It said, Purge the evil from your midst. But I want to shift to another secret. Not a rebellious secret, but a righteous secret. I want to tell you about the woman who is saved in the midst of the battle for Jericho. One woman who, by her righteous act, saved herself and her family. Just like sin's consequences spill over, righteous effects spill over too. You see, before the Israelites conquered Jericho, Joshua had sent a couple of spies into the city to see what it was like, just like he did with Ai a few days later. Now, while in the city of Jericho, these spies decide to lodge in a prostitute's house whose name was Rahab. And soon, the king of Jericho calls upon Rahab and asks where the two men are, because he'd found out that they came as spies for Israel. Oddly enough, though, Rahab lies to the king and says that they already left her house, while in reality she'd hidden them on her roof. Soon we hear her explain herself to the two Israelite men after the king of Jericho leaves. She says this, I know that the Lord has given you the land, and that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. 
And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will also deal kindly with my father's house, and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Rahab, the non-Israelite Gentile prostitute, apparently believes in God. She recognizes that no one can stand before Israel because God is with them, even appealing to Israel's prior victories in battle that Jericho's people had heard of. And so, she decides to secretly harbor these two spies and allow them to escape safely from the city, without her king's knowledge. Loyalty to the true God was more important than loyalty to her king. And days later, when the Israelites conquer Jericho, Rahab the prostitute and her family are saved from the destruction and allowed to live. These two stories of these two secrets, the man who took the devoted things from Jericho and the woman who is saved from Jericho's destruction, have lots to teach us. But you should at least take these four things away. First, God requires 100% obedience, and rounding doesn't count. One little act of rebellion caused Israel to be defeated before their enemies and for the family of the rebellious one to die with him. 99% obedience is being like 99.9% pregnant. You either are or you aren't. There isn't an in-between. Partial obedience is like testing God's holiness. It's trying to bend commands from God, like echoing the serpent in the garden with those words, Did God really say? Second, God honors the faith of the humble. Rahab the prostitute wasn't the poster child for living a moral life. Yet, perhaps it was her knowledge of her own immorality that opened the door to humble acceptance of God. When she heard of God's power to save his people, somehow she knew he really was the God of heaven and earth. And this humble and fearful faith in the true God caused her to save the two Israelites from the king of Jericho. A secret righteous act that surely put her at risk among the people of Jericho. Third, effects spill over. Sins and righteous acts are almost never in isolation. Sin has effects beyond the sinner. And the example here was the destruction not only of the disobedient man, but his family as well. Similarly, though, righteous acts spill over. And we saw this with Rahab's family being saved along with her from the destruction of Jericho. Our actions affect those close to us, for good or for bad. Finally, I want you to realize here something very important. Since Abraham, over 400 years before this event, we've been discussing a particular nation that God's using for his purposes. We've been looking at this nation of Israel who inherited promises made to Abraham and who received the law at Mount Sinai. However, here we see just a hint, just a glimmer of God's plan. We see a Gentile, non-Israel, woman, prostitute, demonstrate a courageous faith in God, who's then spared and assimilated into the nation of Israel. God's plan is not just about Israel and all the men we've talked about up to this point, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, etc. No, 
God's plan is about using the descendants of Abraham and one particular descendant to bless all the nations of the world, blessing even a pagan woman prostitute from another nation. God's plan is a big plan. And right now, as we go through the story, though we're focused on Israel, don't miss this fact. God's plan is about the whole world. Join us next time as we take a step back for some review. We're going to take a look at many of the main people that we've talked about in our jog through the Bible. We're continuing to solidify our foundation in the first several books as we prepare to launch to a new era. A new era where the nation of Israel lives and expands in the land of Canaan. See you next time on The Bible Brief. Are you enjoying the podcast? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. It will help people discover the Bible brief and be exposed to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for helping us grow. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.